Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the podcast of three now all ginger white ladies. I'm your host, Ginger, Hannah Barrell, and joining me is Johnny Come Lately redhead, Alexandra Haddo. Thank you, Hannah. My new hair colour is my way of showing support for my fellow Marxist comrades. Let us seize the means of production. Proletariat of the world, unite! And person who is so middle class that they refer to themselves as strawberry blonde, Caroline O'Donoghue. Alex, I would be a communist with you, but I like buying nice things, and Russia is a flaming garbage pit and scares me. Oh, And of course, I'm a capitalist swine. On with the show! This week we're covering massages, Elon Musk, and Viking funerals. So by the end of this, you'll be able to get a handy from a tech billionaire, and then set it on fire as it goes across the Thames. I've had a Tinder date like that. I've had a <laughs> Tinder date. Oh, 2017. Oh, getting to the point where I'm like, I left with it. Donald Trump on Tinder and then he gave me an avocado. <laughs> and oh. then we talked about Brexit together. It's <laughs> <laughs> so topical. So, Caroline, you're looking very erotic this week. Is that a new dress or has the news cycle turned me into a pervert? <laughs> A little bit of both, Hannah, a little bit of both. But actually, um, I had a massage this weekend and I'm feeling kind of in touch with my body, feeling a little sensual, touching everyone as I talk to them. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, You're also wearing a, a hairband. It's a very it's, kind of hippie Whole Foods sort of a... Yeah, I was in Brighton, so... It's been a transformation. I picked up some headscarves. <laughs> You've got like an aura about you today that says that you've just had a lot of tantric sex and you're very happy about it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you've got it a was... glow, but you're also wearing like a smocky thing and a headband. I look great, everyone. Let me tell you all about it. So I had a massage this weekend um, and I went to Brighton with my friend Lo. We decided that, you know, I, I hadn't known her when she was having her hen night. So we were going to have our own hen weekend, just the two of us. And we... um. We went to a spa, a day spa. We uh, got massages, got facials, we got manicures. But the thing is that the um, the place assumed that we were a couple because it's Brighton and everyone assumes that you're gay unless you say otherwise. <laughs> um, you have and, to announce that you're straight to parents. Yeah, I'm having a straight massage. <laughs> um, so we, we went into this like lovely candlelit room and it, they thought it was a couple's massage and we were just like lying on beds together uh, completely nude apart from our knickers with light toweling over us oh. and uh, yeah it was like you know I've never really seen that much of my friend's side boob before but I'm glad that I did and as I was there 
I was like, I don't really get massages that often, but I'm like, when did, when did this become okay? Like, mm-hmm. when did we start going? Oh, wait, like, I know, they're so good. They're so good. Like, they're so good that it, it feels like they shouldn't be allowed. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I, I was in Southeast Asia this time last year and I estimate that I had three a week because they're so cheap there. And then when I went to Peru, I was like, oh, normal prices now. By forever massaged colony and glory. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, that might have been. I mean, that was obviously everything to do with being in Thailand, and they're really famous for their massages. Sure. Uh, this, this is these were actually Thai massages, so it was a very weird experience to be like lying nude with one of my best friends, and uh, then having just two strangers like straddling us. They were they were sitting on top of us. Oh yeah, they're yeah. very forceful. They're aren't very they? forceful. Yeah. Um, that whole style, and it was you know fantastic, obviously, but also you know odd yeah um so you know i started thinking about massages where they came from everywhere really you know i we could it was like what, what did you have last week where tattoos where it's just like everyone does it yeah. in some way yeah, it's yeah. really hard to trace it and i'm beginning to realize that this whole egyptian thing which is basically going to be stapled onto the dumb woman bingo forever um is the fact that they just drew a lot of paintings they weren't the first to do anything i don't think they, they just, were just uh, the, the they just documented ones. it they yeah. were just they just loved a meme they were just always memeing themselves <laughs> like they're like us um yeah cuz like obviously the whole of humanity were kind of like oh it feels nice to be touched yeah so basically every smart culture ever uh, has had some kind of form of massage and you'll remember from the nativity story that the what did Jesus get as his birthday present? A massage. Gold, frankincense and myrrh uh, which is apparently just massage oil. And oh. some Wahanda vouchers. <laughs> and a mug with his initial on it. JC. JC. <laughs> world's best virgin birth. <laughs> um, so I just think it's weird that like three men came in the middle of the night to give a baby some massage oil but whatever. Um, <laughs> like uh, yeah in China for thousands and thousands of years it's been considered like a, a vital part of actual medicine like doctors were trying to do it um, but weirdly like in western culture it wasn't seen as a as a thing so much uh, like in, in the United States it only really started in the 19th century and then like even on Wikipedia uh, it says like while England was slower to take to massages it is becoming more and more common even today as if it were like you know fucking but, but that kind of makes sense because you know if you think about like Victorian England like I can't picture them doing massages. I can't picture them touching each other and seeing each other's side boobs. Right? Yeah, they just basically like fainted if anyone mentioned having a body. Well, yeah. here, here's the weird thing. So, um, in England, the most popular kind of um, massage within the medical community was the womb massage. <gasps> oh. Was it done with a penis? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh my god, I was joking. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. So um, we you, we all know the kind of um, famous thing of like hysteria being yeah. diagnosed in women for hundreds of years. It was yeah. seen as being a real like disease that women had. And it was like the uterus moving around the body, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, I have a quote here. It's absolutely fabulous. It's um, uh, it's like an ancient Greek quote. The ancient Greek physician Arteus of Cappadocia called the uterus an animal within the animal. <laughs> Ooh. He theorised that the womb, if left to its own devices, was prone to going walkabout and strangling the woman from the inside. So, Great. The, <laughs> the womb massage had to be invented, um, which oh, was... For- God's sake! This is I the worst. This is like men saying that sex and curry initiate birth. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> this is just a guy oh, yeah, being they like, would know. Yeah. 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 I need to massage your womb with my penis. Sorry <laughs> also, about that. we need to get a hungry house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's so like, well, curry makes me shit. So <laughs> this is like shitting. 
Um, but the deal is, is that um, there's this weird Freudian concept that goes back a long time, even before Freud, that like if um, a woman is stimulated um, via her clit, mm. she is perverse or infantile. It's kind of like a, it's not like legitimate. It's like a disorder if you're to be turned on by clitoral stimulation. The only kind of satisfaction a woman is is scientifically allowed to have is through penetrative sex, which is mental. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty like infantile, and I enjoy a clitoral rub. <laughs> You are a child. It all adds up. You're just rubbing yourself up against the walls here. <laughs> yeah. And and this is ab- this absolutely, I love this so much because uh, it'll stir up very um, specific sexual memories for most people. Yeah. If, you're, if you've got children in the car, everyone, maybe you skip past this bit. Um, but you know, you know when you're having sex and, uh, and you're getting a lot of clitoral stimulation mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're like, no more. Oh, you yeah. You know, like right after you've... Yeah, <laughs> I was about to find something elegant to say. Yeah. But I was like, after you've gone, after um, that, it's like rubbing a blister. I know. It's like <laughs> stop it, stop it right now. Do not go away. Go into a separate room. Um, that was their theory. It was like if we massage that area until she no longer wants it, then we'll have cured her. Oh, that's 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 a theory that boys when I was about fifteen, sixteen, must have been reading <laughs> yeah. about. Then just like go at it like it's a fucking. Well, were you going out with the prominent physicians of the time? Because it sounds like you were. <laughs> well, I most certainly was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a really great way for a physician to make like a lot of money while not doing anything that hard <gasps> because you could never be cured. You had to keep coming back, and obviously these women were like, Whoa. oh, so he was just there like feeding the goat and <laughs> yeah, feeding the goat is right, mate. And eventually, and it was like apparently it got handed over to midwives eventually. So wow. it was just like oh, a bit yeah, a bit tipping the velvet, a bit Brighton, a bit Brighton, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then eventually, that's why they invented um, the vibrator as a medical device because um, doctors didn't have time to do it themselves, and they didn't want the midwives getting all the business either. So in Venice, it does feel medicinal sometimes. It does <laughs> sometimes just need the pressure relief. Really, everyone needs to sleep. <laughs> um, uh, so obviously, there's always been this thing with massage partners in general they've always been very associated with sex because they're incredibly um, convenient cover up if you're running an illegal sex business yeah right and uh, I've always wondered because often you're pa- especially in Soho you pass loads of places that um, could be either legitimate massage partners or could be like a brother a brother or, or just um, apparently like you know how like everyone knows about happy endings, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like or rub and tugs, as they call them. Oh, that's horrible. But also kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also there are other kinds of erotic massages that aren't necessarily like sex acts, but they're just like ooh, like there's a Japanese thing where you like rub up against each other while wearing a kind of a wax. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a game show there as well. Yeah. But <laughs> can you name? Eight differences between a real massage parlor and what is probably a brothel. This is based on an article I found on the Business Insider. Okay. Based on just like looking at it. <laughs> yeah, based on like if you just walked into like the lobby and whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, curtains, maybe? Lights? Ooh. Red lights. We do have this. Yes. Number one on the list is dark tinted front windows and curtains. Lovely. You should put in a ding, ding, ding sound. Ding, ding, ding. ding. A male receptionist, maybe? Instead of a female? That is Ooh. there. Yes. It's a, a number two is all female workers except if there's a man on the door. Oh, because that will invariably be a print. Oh, price list. Uh, that is not here, actually. But sure, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Someone asking you sort of a weird question. Because, you know, in a normal massage parlor, they'd just say, you know, what do you want? Thai massage, 60 minutes, great. But they'd probably say, something are, weirdly are you here for something extra, sir? Or something like that. Oh, that's not on this list. But yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, okay. 
I'll, um, I'll give you a ding for that. Ding, ding, mo- ding. More men going in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A distinct smell of condoms in the air. Oh, not here, but yeah, sure. <laughs> the other ones, just to save on time here, is if it's open late. That seems like oh, an indicator. Yeah, of Although, like, people work really late. I, like, if I'm getting off at work at like nine o'clock, I kind of, you know, I could have a 10 p.m. massage maybe. And yeah. a wank, probably. And a wank. Here's the thing, like, what I, I could totally see when I was getting that massage the other day why happy endings are a thing, because I was like, Jesus, I'm a bit horny now. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, if the, this uh, this list, by the way, is a little bit problematic and it gets worse. Um, poor massage skills is one thing, because it's not their main. <laughs> Okay, okay. If you're getting a massage, it's crap. Maybe it's from a prostitute, I guess. But I mean, wouldn't you, aren't you meant to know before you go into the massage whether you're getting a happy ending yeah, or not? I would think so. I would think that whole thing of like, oh, and I was having a massage, but then she touched my dick is probably just like male fantasy and doesn't really happen, I would imagine. It's like, oh, she can't resist me. Yeah, it's just so huge. <laughs> um, the other uh, classic tell is the ATM in the hallway. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Anywhere has an ATM in the hallway, I'm like, oh. Yeah, fair. It's always that weird one that looks like an Atari as well. Yeah. It's got that weird blue screen. And uh, this last one on the list was like slipped in as a kind of a racist afterthought. Run by Asians. Cool. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. Great. Let's not even mention that like, you know. A lot of legitimate ones are run by Asians Yeah, because like a lot of the techniques originated in that part of the world. Yeah. But fine. The business insider thought it fit to end on that. So this week, you might not see details about our Women Who Code Mixer online, even though we posted it to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, because we wanted to use our headshots of us wearing a blazer against a white background, LinkedIn. We keep getting complaints that despite the fact that we are so passionate about sharing our Eventbrite links to the Women Who Code Mixer, not all of our listeners are seeing it. That's right, Hannah, and this is because of algorithms, which is a word that you used to only ever hear in 90s hacker films, but now every Tom, Dick and Balls is saying it. So ladies, this week's Woman Who Code Mixer, what is an algorithm? I'm confused about it too. Like, I know Al Gore is an important man, but should we be riding so much on his rhythm? (laughs) No, Alex, Al Gore's rhythm is not what's at stake here. Although for the record, I hear he's a very alluring presence on the dance floor. Rhythm is gonna get you. Rhythm is gonna get you. Rhythm is gonna get you. That dress that you like. Because it knows what you want. He wants less pollution, I hear. So then, Caroline, what are algorithms? Well, Hannah, an algorithm is just a very fancy word for, like, recipe. Like, it's a, it's basically a coding recipe. It's a set of very specific directions on how computers program to do something. Um, and, like, we perform algorithms all the time. The algorithm for spaghetti is pasta plus boiling water. The algorithm for risotto is arborio rice plus two days standing over a hop. Unlike when you're buying your dinner, an algorithm is programmed to have certain preferences so you want to make dinner but you want it to be under five pounds and you want it to be healthy ish and you want it to be quick so that will give you a certain amount of bias when you choose what you're going to buy because or how you cook it or whatever those are all steps in an algorithm i mean with the criteria you've just described i'm having hummus on a rivita for dinner yes you are for the rest of your life until you get a job okay (laughs) fine (laughs) sounds good so you know when like 
Facebook or Twitter have an algorithm. The aim, in theory, is to show you the most important stuff. But because um, there are like hundreds and thousands of people are, are posting to Facebook and Twitter all the time, uh, they have to have a certain bias. So they'll that, that's why like there's certain friends that you'll just never get updates from, or like you liked the Kit Kat page like five years ago and you've never received an update from it, kind of thing. Uh, okay. Those are all because um. of the algorithm. They have to factor in what their biases are going to be um, based on what they think you want to see. So it's kind of like the fact that I have tarragon in the cupboard, even though when would I use tarragon? Yeah, it's there, but you have biases that are there for a good reason because tarragon only goes well with like mushrooms. Yeah, like, and, like chicken. Often, yeah, chi- yeah, chicken. And yeah. also, like, Facebook seems to always want to tell me which of my friends like Gap. And I'm like, why do I care? Well, that is because from one social media manager to you <laughs> um, uh, because uh, platforms like Facebook and Twitter they make their money by gap paying for that uh, so that's uh, how, that's the only way you can get by past the algorithms biases is if you pay to be there like everything in life <laughs> <laughs> so why am I only seeing engagement photos and baby pictures is that just Facebook's priority for me to be miserable yes and because of social guilt everyone has liked those pictures even though nobody wants to see them an equal amount and Facebook assumes that that makes it interesting and therefore that's the content you want to see oh I see mm. and that's algorithms so Hannah you look as though you've had a sudden urge to be shot into space what's up <laughs> I do want to be shot into space, Caroline. You're right. And that's because I've learned that Elon Musk is there. Is he in space right now He's watching us? Uh, probably, yes. The long telescope. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Elon Musk kind of started appearing a couple of years ago. And he he pops up every now and again with like a new thing that he said or a new thing that he's done. Yeah. And he has so many things. He sounds yeah. like an, a cologne that an old man would wear. <laughs> Yes, he does. He's very much like an airport cologne, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys know about Elon Musk already? I know something very specific in that around two to three years ago, I read a interview with him and his then wife, who he ha- has since divorced and got back together with. Tallulah Riley. Tallulah I've Riley. interviewed her oh, in this yes. room. Have oh. you? Yeah, for Soho Radio Book Club, at Soho underscore book club on Twitter, everybody. Oh, Hannah's in her second oh, podcast. Cross-pollination. <laughs> um, yeah, and they were both so whacked. Like, even reading the interview, you were just like, these are two crazy people. Fine. <laughs> um, and he had left his wife, who he'd had five sons with, I believe. Five her. strong sons. Five one, strong one sons. One twins and one triplets. <gasps> Isn't that what? weird? Yeah. That's like an experiment he did, surely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's like, we're not having one at a time. It's inefficient. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were just completely weird. And she was like, I want to have 12 boys all in the country. And I want us to live on the moon. And I mean, I, I'm not going to level any accusations, but one might assume they weren't living on this planet. Oh. Well, Elon Musk hopes that in the future, we're not living on this planet. Oh. Because apparently one of Elon Musk's main things is going to Mars. You heard that? Sure. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. One of his things. Hobbies and interests. <laughs> going to Mars. Uh, but Swimming. You know- <laughs> Transferring money easily via PayPal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you know why he wants to go to Mars? Because we've fucked the planet. That's generally why people want to go to Mars, right? Because we fucked the planet, yes. But yeah. because we fucked the planet by inventing artificial intelligence, oh. which will, like, destroy Earth. Oh, he believes in singularity. Is that what it is? I don't know what singularity is. Well, that's a future episode. <laughs> I thought I was singularity. Oh, you are yes. singularity, but singularity is also when the um, uh, what, when the robot's intelligence, like, overtakes ours and then becomes sentient and they destroy us all. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it, yeah. I thought that happened with Tamagotchis. 
Did it? That was mine was definitely more intelligent than me. <laughs> um, I always feel like Elon Musk is the Tom Cruise character at the beginning of a disaster film yeah. who nobody's listening to. Yes, totally. And it's like, oh, Cruise, he's mad. <laughs> or like, you yeah. know, Elon Musk, he's a crazy guy. Don't listen to him. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And then in like four years, you know, there's a scene of a woman in Brooklyn like eating a cereal and watching the news and it's like, a robot has killed 18 mm. people in the 8th precinct. And Elon Musk is like, I told you. Yeah. I told you about this. And then he's like, to Mr. The Musk, is there another space on your spaceship for my sister? She has diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, You mocked me, Sarah. You mocked me before. And she's like, I'm sorry now. I believe you. And then he and then he lets her out because he's compassionate. Yeah. And then there's a dramatic shot of the spaceship leaving Earth and everyone else looking behind and just uh, kind of knowing they're going to die. Shit. Yeah, so that's probably what's going to happen pretty soon. Like 10 to 20 years, I'd estimate. 20 like, years. Um, We're going to have a singularity in 20 years. Yeah, why not? That's what he's saying. And I guess he's got some sort of brain. Yeah, he's pretty smart. Yeah, so he wants to establish a city on Mars and make humanity a multi-planet species um, in case something goes wrong on Earth. And his kind of main theory is that something's going to go wrong to do with AI or to do with like us not having any more fuel as well, which is another thing he does with Tesla. Oh, yeah. Um, so Tesla's all about sustainable transport. It's like electric cars, basically. And they're inventing a huge battery which will power the home as well using solar power, which sounds great. Obviously, it's very expensive. Um, another one of his projects, SpaceX. You heard mm-hmm. of that? Yeah. So SpaceX is uh, basically the aim is to improve the cost of transport to space. So uh, so that when like we TFL for yeah. space, <laughs> so privatized. That, <laughs> so that when we need to go to Mars, it's cheaper, and you and the whole reason it's cheaper is that you can reuse the rockets. The rockets come back. Oh yes, because that's the main thing with space travel, isn't it? Is that you lose a lot of. Yeah. your investment quite it's soon because like, it all peels off, isn't it? Like yeah, condoms, so his... one use only. <laughs> yeah, spacecraft and tights <laughs> to certain people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's the multi-use aircraft, which would make it cheaper to go to space. But also, he wants to use the same aircraft. Like what? While we have that new aircraft, his new thing is that he wants to use it to make like international flight quicker. Mm-hmm. So you could fly kind of from one place in the world to another place in the world in like 30 minutes and you basically get in the spacecraft, you go up into, I don't know if you go into orbit, you go very oh, near right. it. Oh, and then the the Earth turns, yeah. then you just land again. Well, I mean, also you're going quite fast in the spaceship. That's mm-hmm. what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because when you're trapped, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. I don't know what if the, the Earth, Earth turns. has anything to do with, the main reason why it's so quick is that the spacecraft is going Really, really fast. And it's not going to be for the faint-hearted. He's saying, like, you know, oh, you'll feel really nauseous. It'll be really horrible. Mm -hmm. But then you'll get to Tokyo in, like, half an hour. So, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Worth it. Yeah, for some nice sushi on your lunch break or something. Would you rather, like, feel like the worst you ever felt in your life for half an hour and then you know it's going to be over and you're going to be in Tokyo or take, like, a 30-hour flight? Oh, half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do that. And, like, like, a 30-hour flight is business class and you've got champagne and, like, legroom and everything. You still rather take feet? Oh no, I'd go. I'd go the long way. I probably hate feeling sick. Business class, but it's only thirty minutes of feeling shit. How shit though? Like, do I vom? If I vom, I'm not doing it. You got to remember, Alex has a phobia of throwing up. Oh, I can't Mm. throw up for thirty minutes. No way. I don't know. I think I'd be fine. I'll take the business class. I've never flown business class. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I'd like to watch Moana again. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. (laughs) It's an airplane film. (laughs) (laughs) What I enjoy about Elon Musk is that he. Wants us to escape the AI, which he believes is going to become more intelligent than us, or singularity, as you say. But he thinks that they are not going to figure out a way to 
A, stop us from going to Mars because they're more intelligent than us. Yeah. Or B, or follow come us with to Mars. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not sure about that. And surely we're going to use them to a extent, right? Yeah. We're going to keep some of them as their slaves. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. So one of his other big projects is the Hyperloop, which is... Um, yeah, yeah, that's the like, exciting one. Yeah. What's that? Big tunnels. Uh, basically, he... He had the idea for a Hyperloop, but he didn't have time to do it or didn't have money to do it. So he kind of like allowed other people to use the idea and think about it. And now Richard Branson's thinking about a kind of Hyperloop thing. Yeah. Uh, but then um, earlier this year, actually, he was stuck in traffic and he tweeted like, oh, traffic's so boring. I want to make a Hyperloop. And then two hours later, he was like, I'm actually doing this. And he's like employed someone to dig a big hole. Hang and on, what is a Hyperloop? So the Hyperloop is basically he's digging these holes to have huge tunnels underground and then you're going to put people or cars or trains in the tunnel and like zoom them along at a pace that's faster than like anything so else. So um, the theory is like New York to LA in like 90 minutes. Right, okay. Yeah. Like super quick. Probably also vomiting on that one, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why can't Elon Musk just invent something that I don't vomit yeah, on? The yeah. future that Elon Musk is imagining is full of vom and, yeah. and probably diarrhea. Yeah. But what I thought was quite interesting as well was that um, he had the kind of typical like rich person's like coming from nothing experience. Uh, right. I mean, he didn't come from nothing. I think he came from quite a wealthy family. This is um, more like a mad babe. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. a model. Yeah. So he grew up in South Africa and then at 17, he was really bullied at school as well. And then when he was 17, he uh, moved to Canada on his own and like did a degree and stuff and um, started making money in the way that you know, people who become rich people do very innovative kind of like sure. interesting ways to make money. And then founded uh, this thing called Zip2 with his brother, sold that, founded this thing that became PayPal, sold that, mm-hmm. used the money to start Tesla and then kind of went from there. Is he one of those guys though? Because what's he, the last thing he completed was PayPal, right? So all, are all these new ideas just a bit like... I want to dig a big hole. I want to go to space. Yeah. I want to live on Mars. <laughs> okay, Elon. It's it's very like all of his ideas. They do seem to be very um, like a, a futuristic film made in the seventies. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. he seems to be taking his references more from pop culture than from like <laughs> what do we need? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But I think that's quite cool in a way. Like he's just yeah. kind of like, oh, I've got all this money. What do I want to do? First off, I want to build sustainable cars with lots of yeah. like, solar power and all that so that we don't have to use all this fuel. We don't have to like ruin our planet. And then he's like, I quite fancy going to space. And he's a billionaire. Like he's worth $20.7 billion. Is that just from PayPal? No, from Tesla, from SpaceX, from everything. Wow. But apparently he um, he's actually personally had uh, like a couple of periods when he's been really poor. So when the recession hit, he was in the middle of doing loads of stuff with Tesla and he had to invest all his own money into Tesla yeah. so much so that he was borrowing money from friends to pay the rent. Like he didn't own a house or anything. And there was this interview with him, which I watched today, where he's talking about it and he's talking about how hard it was and he starts crying. <gasps> he asked the interviewer for a break. and now, oh. I'm, now I'm in love with Elon Musk. I was going to say, you do seem fairly smitten with old Elon. God damn. Yeah. I always think like when really rich people say they're broke, though, it's like me on a really good year. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like, well, realistically, yeah. he could have still sold Tesla at that point for lots and lots of money and been fine. But, you know, but he didn't. You know, I, I really admire his principles and vision and et cetera, et cetera. But whenever I've seen him doing anything, he just seems very, I don't know, inhumane. He is a robot with AI. He's a singularity. Maybe. He's driving us toward the singularity. Yeah. This is a hoax. Maybe. His other kind of big theory is that uh, the world is just an elaborate simulation 
created by an advanced civilization. Um, that's the Matrix. Yeah. The part of the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, Do you exactly. know what? I was just getting on board with him. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, shut he's up, He's just mate. a nerd who likes films, right? Yeah. No, but he's like done the maths and everything. And uh, oh, I, don't know. I don't know. I was pretty convinced. I've been happily brainwashed by Elon Musk. But okay. what's he basing it on, the simulation thing? Um, so 40 years ago, he says, uh, we had Pong, which was the really simple kind of like tennis game. Yes. Uh, and now we have virtual reality and things like that and Mm -hmm. we're coming into uh, like augmented reality so as things progress assuming that they progress at the same rate it makes sense that a society could invent kind of a whole other simulation with factors in it that feel like they're conscious and that if it continues to such a rate then someone will someone will do it I think basically is is it yeah he's really he's really convinced he's a he's a bit of a kook right like yeah, he's, he's, that's such a billionaire sociopath theory. Like the rest, yeah. fine, good, yeah. Mo- mostly good. But that, I mean, okay. Well, why did they bother to put fossils in the ground and stuff? Because why wouldn't you? If you're making The Sims and they were like, "Do you want fossils?" You'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd like my I'm Sims to find fossils. Why not?" I think like this is why like science fiction. Why half of it is science because. There, you, you can do a lot with physics and with science and with like probability and with like okay, well, if this progresses at the same rate, then it figures that this is this. Like, but it's it is just guesswork, right? Like, it's not actual yeah. facts. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, some, we humanity might be wiped out. We might stop developing. Like, we might lose electricity for some reason. We might lose all of our fuel. Yeah. Um, like, there's no knowing what will happen unless we're in a simulation. Uh, oh. But even then, like, we'll probably never know. Um, finally. I did Google, is Elon Musk evil? Just because I thought, like, you know, he's doing all these things for, like, sustainable cars and everything, and he wants to build a society on Mars so that we're safe if anything bad happens. He seems like a sound guy. Mm. Seems Um, like a paranoid billionaire in a big house on his own. Well, you might think that, Alex. (laughs) I Googled, is he evil? And there is a website called Uh stopelonmusk.org that compares him to Bond villains and there are quite a few similarities with the Bond villains but also he enjoys that he quite likes that he poses with cats and with his little finger in his <laughs> mouth and everything also um, I'd just like to say that Hannah's just brought up this site and it's green like <laughs> it's green, green text, text on a black background, on a black background oh, like the Matrix the font of yeah. legitimacy yeah. yeah but there are pictures so oh a nice old JPEG in there so yeah I think he's great Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Alex, you just popped out for a minute and you've come back and you look like you've just robbed a monk's tower. Uh, are you suddenly into Viking history or do you just really need that manuscript? Uh, well, I just actually ran out of loo roll, so I really do need that <laughs> manuscript, Hannah. Um, but the part of Norse history I'm concerning you two with today is Viking funerals. What, ah. do, you th- what do you think of when I say that? Oh, boats that are on fire. Boats that are on fire, yes. There are boats that are on fire! <laughs> I can confirm. Uh, th- this is absolutely true that they used to... Obviously, it was when somebody big died. I mean, yeah. when the peasants were dying, it was like shallow grave... Yeah, feed of the dogs, frankly. Oh, I mean, they were, I mean, you know, everyone knows the Vikings were extreme guys, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they know they knew how to have a funeral, is all I'm saying. <laughs> extreme guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were very, you know, rapey and pillagey. Yeah. Yeah. Although it is said that they did settle down after they did, did all the raping and pillaging, and that's how we got Saxons, isn't it? Oh, so, that's, which, is, which is me and Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah, well... The end. <laughs> um, oh, and also, where do they go? Where do the Vikings think you went after you died? Oh, to oh. the big uh, Valhalla. Correcto mundo. Which also featured in the film Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. Yeah, they for some reason they I've all go to Valhalla. Oh, yeah. yeah really I, I decided to do this because yesterday I made a joke about Valhalla and uh, my friend who's a lot older than me was like, what's that? I didn't know what Valhalla was. Oh, and I thought it was quite a common thing. So yeah. I thought I'll investigate it. And you know how usually when in... I know that Vikings weren't a religion, but a culture, when somebody dies... You know, because they've had such a horrible time on Earth or whatever. It's always like, and they're going to a place now where they'll be at peace or where they'll be safe or where they'll be happy. Yeah, they'll have time to write that novel. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Not so with the Vikings. Uh, The reason they were buried with everything was because uh, in Valhalla, they knew that they were going to have, and I quote... Eternal conflict. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it says they were buried with their swords and um, often their wives or their oh, yeah. servants. Uh, who'd have that's to just, quite common, isn't it? Who'd have to just be killed if their master yeah. died. Like, oh, wow. old uh, Sven's pegged it, so <laughs> off you pop as well. I mean, it's only fair that like, you two are going to get killed when I die. That's true, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'll proudly walk into the pyre whispering your name. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dummy, I mean, dummy, that's dummy, pretty dummy, much dummy. it. They had to just like throw themselves on the pyre or be killed before it and sent in with their weapons because eternal conflict would be a way of life in Valhalla. But then it says um, that in, you know, Nordic folklore and things like that, um, Valhalla is a majestic, enormous hall located in Asgard, ruled over by the god Odin, which makes me think of like a village hall that yeah. all the Vikings are being sent to. Indoors. <laughs> There's like yeah. orange squash and butterfly cake. <laughs> yeah. There's some beanbags in the corner. Yeah, like youth club. <laughs> <laughs> and basically it's full of all these dead Vikings and all the gods that are going to uh, prepare to aid Odin during the events of Ragnarok. Now, what's that at the moment? It's the new Ooh. Thor film. and then I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, so Ragnarok is um, basically a horrible big fight that they're all preparing for. Kind of like the second coming, but in heaven and also a war. Yeah. 
So huh. that's what I guess that's what the, so the, the thing news they have the most to look forward to is. Yep. War. More war. Yep. Uh, it's a series of future events, including a great battle, foretold to untimely result in the death of a number of major figures, including Odin, etc., th- including Thor, Loki, etc. Loki, as everyone knows, is Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yes. Perhaps the worst casting of all time. Um, but they also... <laughs> <Harsh>. just, <laughs> come on, he's not a baddie, like, Tom yeah. Hiddleston. Yeah, he's just a big loser isn't he I know yeah. just a it's big like wet sponge I he sleeps in a single bed oh he so does with his socks on <laughs> but yeah they also had some really horrible things um, you had to remove your fingernails before you were buried oh. <gasps> you had to I mean you'd be dead yeah, but what someone about would your poor wife oh. I know oh Jesus uh, that's because when Ragnarok happens the big endless battle for them um, they'll arrive at the gates of Asgard on a big ship and the ship will be held together not with iron nails, which won't be available, but rather with the fingernails of the dead. But they're not the same kind of nails. No. Oh, I imagine you ch- have to chisel the nails oh, of the God. dead. Imagine going through that much pain because someone was being really fucking literal. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like, that's just that's clearly just like a transcribing error, isn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and remember to bring the nails for the ship. Like, oh, oh shit. Like, fingernails. Oh. Probably, won't think, probably meant fingernails. It's fine. Um, and they also found, like, historians have actually found, I'm going to get a bit bleak for a minute, but also a bit feminist. They don't think it happened all the time, but essentially, as is kind of true, but the Vikings believed that uh, a man in his balls carried the essence of life. Sperm Vikings, that was sperm. Sperm, okay? sure. But at least they'd cracked what sex was. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a start. Fine. I don't know if every culture gets that straight away. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what they thought was, <laughs> I mean, this is a bit like your massage with the penis to the vagina theory, like, oh, I must do it. <laughs> uh, they thought that if everybody in the village had sex with whatever woman was going with the big old Viking right, in the week leading up to his funeral so that she would have the most essence of life within her, then that would be the best for the afterlife because then he would be able to like bring his descendants with him and procreate in Valhalla, oh. which sounds, by all accounts, horrible. That's clearly like, all right, we have to get rid of this woman, but she's still quite fit and I haven't had a chance to shag her. Yeah! So let's shag her. Well, no, wait, let's not even be funny. Let's rape her yeah. before uh, yeah. we do away with her. Yeah. Because that is the role... That's grim. I thought the Vikings were like kind of okay. No, yeah. and also clearly not. But then this uh, <laughs> this article that I was reading this in was clearly written by a bloke because then it said it is worth noting that the female thrall, sort of low low person, peasant person, would usually volunteer for this duty. Would she? No. Seems strange, but this isn't entirely unexpected given what we know of Norse culture. She would be highly honoured, guarded day and night for her last week on earth. Whilst being gang raped, oh. let's yeah. not forget, yeah. and be kept very, very drunk for the duration. Sounds fine. So, depend- <laughs> so depending on your perspective, this might be either the worst or the best way to die in Nordic culture. Oh, <sighs> who the fuck wrote that? Because I probably I'll bet you twenty five quid that a man wrote that. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Shagged and having pints. Yeah, I'll take it. Might be the best week ever. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Fuck historians. Fuck. Almost all male historians, yeah. apart from Greg Jenner off Twitter, he's lovely. Yeah, so that's clearly horrendous. And also the custom was to be blind drunk for a week before the funeral and blind drunk for a week after, like the whole community. Mm-hmm. So they would just get absolutely shit-faced for two weeks straight. Well, yeah, I mean, 
that's funerals. But no wonder their tradition became setting fire to the boat and everything. Like yeah. that happened by accident when someone was having a fag near the boat oh one time. <laughs> and just flicked like, it in, like in chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit. The river party goes up in flames. This Gilead Benash a... in the river. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And someone's just going, oh, this will help him out in heaven. And everyone's just like, too shit faced to disagree with yeah. him. Like, oh, yeah, okay then. Yeah. Um, but I did find one feminist thing to offset the horrible mm-hmm. village rape. They were kind of the first people to almost have a will. Um, And it would be written on, not like the tombstone, but it would be carved into a stone at the funeral. So people would always go to the funerals. I mean, I think it's probably the free booze for two weeks, but this article was saying that lots of people went to the funerals because they wanted to see if the dead person had left them anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And you obviously had to physically be there back in those days. So what would happen is that you would go and you'd be like, oh, great, he's left me, you know, his cat or whatever. Although the cat would probably be on the pyre with everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, what, what did you burn? What did you leave? <laughs> did he leave the yeah, basically, nice walnut table? Oh, yeah. that's gone on. You're cleaning out this guy's loft, really, is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, some, some old handbags. Yeah. <laughs> no one oh, wants some this GCSE some... note. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it says, um, of the few legible runestones we do have, we being humanity today, I imagine, uh, three of them list women as the sole heirs like three of the famous stones that are kind oh, of right. artifacts um, so like the widowed woman inherited the property of her husband but I thought they were getting burned yeah she was well, I guess, murdered I guess maybe they started progressing maybe they moved on from that yeah Yeah. or maybe it was you know like his his, his bit on the side would be thrown on but if it was a oh. noble woman she was maybe allowed to maybe allowed to survive um, and it says here that sort of in uh, inverted commas Civilization, modern civilization, took a thousand years to catch up on sort of the law after you die, like your will. Your, oh, the idea your, of a will. Yeah. Because I suppose everything would just go to your mm. eldest son mm. automatically. Yeah, right? whereas at least they were you know, yeah. giving it to some women whilst also because giving it, it to it others. It was actually illegal for women to inherit property until like relatively recently, right? Yeah, like last week, I think it was. Like last passed. week, yeah. 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 Like not last Tuesday, but Tuesday before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got a lovely little Fiat Punto out of that. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, I'm pretty worried about something, and I know we don't usually talk about our personal problems, but um, may of course, yeah. this is a safe space, Hannah. Come yeah, on. yeah, it's yeah. fine. Out with it. Oh, just I think I think I might be a basic. Oh, Hannah, I'm, I'm so sorry, Hannah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it happened. It's very common. Uh, it's good to talk about it. Uh, yeah. And luckily, me and Alex have prepared a lecture on correctly identifying your basicness, mm. isolating it, and then just making it your bitch, you know? Yeah. Great. Dealing owning, with it. owning your basicness. Yeah. Okay. And that's today's smart lesson. Mm. We'll also discuss some of the stigma around being and acting basic and why we need to get our families and friends talking about the problem. Mm-hmm. So awareness is what's key here, everyone. Mm. I think we can agree. Um, so it's hashtag we need to talk about basicness. Hashtag World Basic Awareness Day. Yeah. Or so. we're bad for short. <laughs> we're bad. We're bad people. Mm. We're bad. <laughs> we're bad. <laughs> so Hannah, why do you think you're basic? Uh, well, just the other day, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter at Hanvar. I've muted you, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I um, I think I made a joke about needing coffee. This is a common one, I think, mm. isn't it? Did you hashtag random words um, in the hopes that one of them would become a trend somehow? Hashtag coffee, hashtag caffeine, hashtag need my fix. Oh. I don't know if they count, right? But did you uh, mention that it was morning? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday morning. <sighs> oh, okay. Okay. 
Yeah. And then that same evening, um, like I went bowling and I uploaded a picture to Instagram um, and, and my caption was like, having a great time bowling, hashtag bowling, hashtag ball, hashtag I love bowling, hashtag save me from my miserable life. <laughs> And I don't even know why I'm doing it. Like, am I expecting to start a viral trend with hashtag ball? <laughs> I'm What's... always searching hashtag ball, in fairness. What's wrong with me, guys? Um, have you ever spoken to Kate Moss about this? Because, as we all know, Kate Moss was ejected from an EasyJet flight last year for calling the pilot a basic mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah. And so she can often identify if you are being basic. Oh, yeah. so there's the Moss test. Yeah, there is the Moss test. Yeah, yeah she'll just look at you and she right knows. away. Yeah. yeah, diagnosis. Yeah. yeah, prescription done. You're on your way to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what you've got to really try and avoid is the real level of basicness. Is where people identify you by what they think you might like to buy or own. Yeah. And it doesn't. It actually doesn't even matter what those things are. Like classics would be like, oh, she loves a red cup from Starbucks and she wears Uggs. But actually, the key there isn't the fact that they're naming Starbucks or Uggs. It's that that people would associate you with like levels of commerce before they'd associate you with your own personality. Yes. Yeah. Like I would call yeah. that stage three basicness. You're. You're. I think you're at a a late stage one. You know, it's just social okay. media right now. It's. It's a bit like nits. Do you know what I mean? You probably picked it up off somebody else. You didn't realize it was happening and now you're just compulsively putting shit on social media yeah it'll go away by itself um, okay. there are creams you know so Aesop creams I think aren't they? <laughs> yes I've got one in my bag or the okay. lotion that matches the, the hand wash yeah yes. bath sets yes <laughs> The thing, bath sets for Christmas. Yes. The thing about yeah. um, basicness as well is that if you can, if you have enough money and you to put into your basic habit, it can you can upgrade it to bouginess. Um, that's true. Yeah. That, that's slightly more respectable in social circles. Okay. Mm. It's like, oh, I just like nice things. I don't know what's wrong with me. Aesop, whatever. Yeah. Hashtag uh, Aesop. Hashtag creams. Yeah. And it's just as annoying, but you've got more money, so people are jealous at least. Yeah. As opposed to right now, you're just making a titty yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got one question to ask and I you know I know that it's going to be sensitive and I know I hope that you feel like you can open up okay. to me. Yeah. Um have you mentioned enjoying a large glass of wine in any of your social media bios? Has it ever been wine o'clock where you are? Oh, oh no. Oh, Caroline, it was wine o'clock on Saturday. No. Oh, was it 2 days ago. Yeah. Oh. I can't believe I didn't see it happening. It was right in front of me. I know, we've all been there, pal. It creeps up on you and all of a sudden you're posting that gif of Amy Schumer with the giant wine glass. The massive wine glass. You're just like, wine, man, wine. There's some vintage photo of a woman with a Prosecco glass. Oh, yeah, in a Prosecco glass. From those Valentine's Day cards, you know. Oh, my uh, God, yeah, saying, you know, like, fuck you, wine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or gin. Gin is the new wine, I think, Yeah, like, I I fuck gin, I love gin more than you and my kids, that sort of stuff. And do you know what? It's just an easy way to bond with women you don't know very well. And sometimes we all feel socially uncomfortable. We're in a lift with a woman we've only met twice and we're suddenly like, like, well, I, I washed my hair before I went to bed, so it feels weird now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you've just taken a step into basicness, but it's okay because basicness, just that moment is what you're doing and it's not what you are. Thank you, Caroline. Okay. It doesn't identify me. No. I've identified it and I'm going to hashtag be a boss bitch about it. Oh, oh, so you did it again. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, just you do you. Oh, no. God. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's the end of this week's hashtag podcast. 
hashtag yay. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please do go on iTunes and rate us with five stars and leave a review as well. Thanks to Harry Harris for our jingles and Gavin Doe for our logos. Those two have actually collaborated recently Ooh. on Harry's EP, Andre the Giant. Oh, it's like finding out your cats are friends, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> hashtag boy power. No. You can buy it at harryharrismusic.com. And thanks to Soho Radio Studios, as usual, for the recording space. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. So, so like, is there meant to be so a comma like, after production? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Let us oh, yeah. seize them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you put on that teleprompter, Burgundy will read. <laughs>